Welcome, dear listeners, to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Lovering, and I am happy to be your host for this podcast that celebrates the tremendous talent that made the golden age of radio possible. And on this track, I feature another episode of Vic and Sade, one of my favorite radio shows. A radio show that ran from 1932 to 1946, it was the most popular series of its kind, with over 7 million listeners of the five-day-a-week, 15-minute episodes for most of its 14-year run. It starred Art Van Harvey as Victor Gook, Bernadine Flynn as Say Gook, Victor's wife, and Bill Idelson as their adopted son, Rush Gook. Now, the Gooks lived on Virginia Avenue in a small house halfway up on the block, somewhere in the United States, and the characters in the show were known as Radio's Home Folks. It's all about the dialogue, and it is a wonderful series. On this track, you'll hear two back-to-back episodes. The first is from February 11, 1941, and the second is from February 16, 1941. The first visit to Vic and Sade's home is entitled, Fred is maybe talked into joining the Lodge and becoming a sky brother of the sacred star of the Milky Way Lodge. That is the lodge that Vic belongs to, and he gets very upset to think Ruthie, Fred's wife, is trying to talk Fred into joining the lodge, as Sade tells the story. Of course, Vic is extremely upset because becoming a sacred star brother of the sacred star of the Milky Way Lodge requires a great deal of effort and commitment and vetting of the candidate, and he is astonished that Fred is considering joining. One must be invited to join and go through a rather robust initiation process. Meanwhile, Rush is in the background trying to read a book to his parents that begins with, I am just a simpleton. And now Ruthie is coming over to talk about Fred considering and joining the Lodge. If you have heard any of the Vic and Sade programs, you know that this show is all about the dialogue between the characters. No music, very little sound effects, just ordinary people of the 1940s carrying on a discussion of some issue or problem in their lives, and though it may seem silly to listeners, it was very important to them. The second episode is connected to the first when Sade receives a manual of the Rules for Wives of the Sky Brothers of the Sacred Star of the Milky Way Lodge. Rules like keeping your hands and face clean for your husband at all times. Sade is more than upset about receiving this manual, and even more so about what is in it. It's Vic and Sade on Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Well, sir, it's a few minutes past 7.30 o'clock as we enter the small house halfway up in the next block now. And here in the living room, we find Mr. and Mrs. Victor Gook spending a quiet evening at home. Our friends are seated side by side in the Davenport with sections of the newspaper. And Sade, having heard an unusual sound above stairs, remarks... Ruthie passed a little remark this afternoon that might interest you, Vic. Shut up, what remark was that, Dr. Sleet? Fred might possibly be talking to join in the lodge. 
What's the matter? Would you mind repeating that, Sadie? I say something wrong? I must have heard you incorrectly. I didn't mean anything. I... So Fred oh. might possibly be talked into joining the lodge, maybe. Well, I guess I shouldn't have put it exactly that way. What I was trying Trash. to do... Was... Yeah? Step to the bookcase. Out in my large library, select the following volumes. <laughs> you scared me. I was reading a piece in the newspaper and not paying any Out attention. Out of my large library, get volumes 2, 4, 6, 8, 9, and 10. Okay. I'm sorry, Vic, if I said the wrong thing. Volume 7, too, Rush. Okay. <laughs> Vic, I'm sorry. I never meant it to sound like Fred was doing the lodge a favor by joining. I so only Fred did. might possibly be talked into joining the lodge. Where's my hat and coat? I'll run right over it. There's any chance of his being talked into joining the sacred stars in the Milky Way. I'm the baby to do the talking. I'd be insane if I let an opportunity like this slip through my fingers. Well, now, you listen. I appreciate I opened my mouth and put my foot in it. And I've said I'm sorry. You don't need to act. <laughs> that is the most unbelievable thing I ever heard in all my life. Volumes 2, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, guys? Yes. It'll be quite an arm load. Oh, and you needn't think you're going to read me a bunch of trash out of books, either. Were you quoting Ruthie's actual words, Sadie? No. Did she say, Sadie, I think Fred might be teased and persuaded into becoming a sky brother in the sacred stars of the Milky Way? No, she didn't say that or anything like it. The remark I made that upset you so was my own remark and nobody else's. We were walking home from downtown, Ruthie and me. And Ruthie Thank you, Rush. My George, these are heavy. <laughs> Fix your lamp. Lay them down beside me here on the Davenport. <laughs> You're going to read my six whole books? Turn to page 126 in volume 4. 126, volume 4. Vic, I just won't listen to a lot of trash. I think you will. Let me tell you exactly what Ruthie said, and then we can straighten out this business all smooth and sensible. Fine. I'm anxious to hear exactly what Ruthie said. I realize, Vic, your lodge means a lot to you. I wouldn't hurt your feelings on purpose. And I've already explained I didn't mean to say what I said the way it sounded. Fred might possibly be talked into joining the lodge. Oh, you're just going to work and make a great big thing out of this. Fred might possibly be talked into joining the lodge. Well, I certainly don't know what a person can do on top of saying they're sorry. Fresh, have you found page 126? Yeah, volume four. <clears throat> Begin at the top? Yes. Oh, Vic, I won't listen to that trash. Read, Rush. I'll go upstairs. Read, Rush. Uh, I am only a poor simpleton, here on earth below. I am only a miserable creature, sitting in Say, the sun. do you realize a man has to be sponsored and vouched for and everything else to become a sky brother, the sacred stars of the Milky Way? Yes, I realize that. And Read, I also Rush. realize... I am only a poor simpleton. Do you think a candidate for membership in the lodge simply walked up to the hall and bought a ticket? I am only a poor simpleton. Did you think candidates for membership in the lodge had to be persuaded to join? I'm not going to talk about it anymore. By George. I am only a poor simpleton. Remember when I petitioned for entrance into the lodge? My character was investigated. My past life was studied. Six substantial citizens of the community had to vouch for me. I am only a poor simpleton. Oh, yes, and you sound like one. Put that book down. <laughs> okay. Fred might possibly be tucked in the giant... Hey, we're going to put an end to this craziness right here and now. Ruthie simply remarked that Fred had a little extra money these days on account of all the overtime he's been putting in lately, and she wouldn't be surprised, but, but what... would he possibly be tucked in the I'm please. 
She said she wouldn't be surprised with what he might approach Double you advance. about, maybe seeing what you thought about his applying for membership in Double the... Double advance. Double advance. Well, that's right. Don't uh-huh. just stand there. Uh-huh. That's what she said, and that's all she said. Well, hold on, Miss Stembottom. Five hundred. Fine, thanks. No, they're both right here in the living room. Want to speak to Mom? How about it? Okay. One second. Mom. How about it, Vic? Five hundred? Answer a person. I'm going to tell him to come ahead. Oh, goodness. All right, son. Oh. I'm going to tell him to come ahead. Hello there, lady. Oh, finished long ago. Just sitting around with her teeth in her mouth is all. Why, that'd be lovely. Hey, Vic, here's people feel like 500. <laughs> that'd be lovely, Ruthie. You'll come here, won't you? Fine. Fine. All right, we'll be looking for you. Take all the time you want. All right, lady. Dandy. You bet. Goodbye. Well, what flavor ice cream you want from the drugstore? Think now your actions are just silliness. You let yourself get mad, and now you want to stay mad. I apologize for the stupid thing I said and even explained how everything was. You needn't sit there with that look on your face. Excuse me, people, but what flavor ice cream you want from the drugstore? Pick up all them books and put them back. Oh. Read page 126, volume 4. No. Read, Rush. <laughs> oh, shucks. Read. I want you to hear this, Sadie. Uh, I am only a poor simpleton. When Fred and Ruthie get here, don't you let on about this foolish business. I am only a poor simpleton. If you have to be mad at somebody, be mad at me. I am only a poor simpleton. After all, why shouldn't Fred join the lodge? He's a good, honest, substantial family man. He's foreman at the foundry and goes to church and pays his bills. He can find plenty of fellows here in town to vouch for him. Read, <laughs> Oh, heck, I'm tired of calling myself. I've already a... explained eight million times it was my remark that hurt your feelings. I wasn't repeating anything Ruthie said. All Ruthie said was Fred had a little money ahead. He's been thinking about applying for membership in the Sacred Stars of the Milky Way a long, long time. He sees all the enjoyment you get out of it, and he wishes he could be in on the fun. Fine. Well, inspiration, then. Benefits, pleasure, whatever you want to call it. He sees you going to meetings and wearing fancy robes and marching in parades and getting your name in magazines and this, that, and other stuff, and he'd like to have a part in it. But the expense has held him back. There's an initiation fee and a dozen different kinds of dues and regalia to buy and I don't know what all. You'd like to have Fred in the lodge? You know you would. My attitude concerning Fred's membership in the lodge has no bearing. No, it hasn't. What you got peeved about was my talking like maybe Fred could be coaxed into joining the darn lodge like he was doing the lodge some favor. Well, I apologize for that. Apologize till I'm blue in the face. You understand how stuff is, and yet you sit there like you were some enormous big martyr. Well, I'm through apologizing. Now stop acting the baby. Rush, you have to try at the drugstore. Uh huh. What flavor? 
Oh, strawberry. Mr. Stembottom said last time he was here he was tired of strawberry. Chocolate, then. He never did like chocolate. Caramel, New York, cootie footy, I don't care. Give me money, somebody. Give money, somebody. Vic, get that look off your face. You hear? Get that look off your face. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up from the next block. Mr. and Mrs. Victor Gook are in the living room as we join them at the small house halfway up in the next block now. It's late afternoon, and the master of the menage has just arrived home from the office. And his wife is saying, I received a peachy letter from Lodge headquarters this afternoon. You did? They want to sell me a book. Was the letter addressed to you? Sure. What kind of a book? <laughs> a fine, elegant book I'm supposed to study. What's the name of it? Oh, I don't know. A manual for wives of Sky Brothers and the Sacred Stars, the Milky Way, or something. Oh, is the letter? I believe I left it on the kitchen sink. Brush still out there? Yeah, studying algebra. Oh, Willie, bring in that yellow envelope and trash on the sink. Okay. Them Chicago fellas sure got their nerve. Boy. <laughs> Tell me I ought to wash my face nice and clean so my husband won't be ashamed of me. Oh. True. One of the rules to be followed by wives of lodge members. Keep the face and hands clean at all times. Yeah. Who are they to insinuate I go around with a dirty face? That stuff cooking on the gas stove okay, ma'am? Why? Making a gurgling sound like it needed water. That's all right. You through studying algebra? For the time being. I may get in a few more licks after supper. Oh, God. I believe I greeted you in the kitchen a moment ago. Yeah, you did. Then I won't waste any breath with further hellos. <laughs> okay. Here's your letter, ma'am. Thanks. You interested in a hand or two of rummy? Uh-uh. Smelly Clark passed an astonishing remark this afternoon. He was sitting on a bench in the gymnasium taking his shoes off, and he noticed a hole in his sock. And he says, fellas, let me call your Your chum, attention. Homer U. McDancy, wrote this elegant book Lodge Headquarters Want to Sell Me. The Manual for Wives of Sky Brothers in the Sacred Stars of the Milky Way by Homer U. McDancy. Well. He's on your all-star marching team, isn't he, guy? Yeah. They didn't send you the book itself, did they, kiddo? No, just samples and selections from the different chapters. Here's a list of rules. The one about keeping my face clean is right up on top. To be a true and loyal wife of a sky brother in the sacred stars of the Milky Way, Madam will take pains with the neatness of her person. She will never appear in her husband's presence with soiled hands or dirty face. Huh. Now, I ask you. Well, it's good advice. Homer, you McDancy must be in the same class with those other idiots. What other idiots? H.K. Fleaver and Y.Y. Flirch and Robert Slobbert Hink. Read me the letter. I dropped it on the floor. Pick it up, will you, Sonny? Uh -huh. Here's another beautiful rule I'm supposed to follow. Uh -huh. To be a true and loyal wife of a sky brother in the sacred stars of the Milky Way... Madam will refrain from stealing property belonging to others, using coarse language, and engaging in rough street brawls. Well, that is pretty stupid. No, it's fine advice. I'm so used to stealing property belonging to others, though, and using coarse language and engaging in rough street brawls, I don't know whether I could quit now or not. 
Read that letter, George. Oh, $3.75 they want for their dandy book. Mm. I believe I'll send for a dozen. Uh, Mrs. Victor R. Gook. Madam, we take pleasure in announcing a new volume just off the press. A manual for wives of Sky Brothers in the Sacred Stars of the Milky Way by Homer U. McDancy. Mr. McDancy is a distinguished author residing in East Brain, Oregon, and his latest work promises to set high standards for books in the practical field. You will find enclosed a leaflet containing excerpts from the manual. We hope, Mrs. Gook, that you will find... Cough up 375. Huh? We hope, Mrs. Gook, that you will cough up $3.75. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it's leading up to. Give me the letter, tomato juice. Huh? Latin also, I'm supposed to learn, it says here. <laughs> yeah? To be a true and loyal wife of a sky brother in the sacred stars of the Milky Way, Madam will acquaint herself with a treasury of Latin phrases to be committed to memory and recited at mealtimes. Here are a few typical examples. <laughs> Read them. In hoc spittle dumb clock beep, ad agricolus benich es fobo raymond beerman itch, ickle yamp, libertas cum cornucopia fish. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Read some more. No. Go ahead. At mealtimes, I sit down at the table, but instead of saying, uh, please pass the potatoes, I say, uh, yammer, fump, ad gallia, devise a tres, parties, hunk. It's <laughs> <laughs> a handsome enough book. Is it? Mr. McDancy's volume is bound in fine red leather inscribed with gold. It is printed on vellum paper and furnishes a very attractive adornment for the bookcase or library table. Well, it should for all that money. Copies personally autographed by Mr. McDancy, four dollars and a quarter. Charges fifty cents for just writing his name, huh? Mm. Ink must be expensive in Oregon. Copies with a photograph of Mr. McDancy in full large regalia... Serving as a French piece, $5.10. Mm. Copies with photograph and autograph both, $6 and a half. Those are the copies I want. A whole gunny sack full of them. Uh. Another nice rule for you to follow, ma'am. What's that? Uh, to be a true and loyal wife of a sky brother in the sacred stars of the Milky Way, madam will see that the home is kept swept and dusted at all times. It is suggested that madam purchase a broom. And use it regularly. Good old Homer, you McDancy. He's right up to snuff. Rush, you want to go to the store and buy me a broom? I've always wondered what a broom looks like. <laughs> I'm surprised at this nonsense myself, Sade. Bunch of nitwits must have filled it into large headquarters. I can't understand why they'd go to the expense of publishing any such a dumb book as they describe on that leaflet. Homer, you McDancy is about as big a nitwit as anybody. He's supposed to be smart. H.K. Fleber wrote me one time and said McDancy was one of the brainiest men he ever met. Taught school as a young fella. Mm. Were you listening, go when Mom read the Latin? No. Slap Mart some Latin, Mom. Ah. Go ahead. Is there some Latin in the leaflet? Sure. Oh, it's trash. I'm supposed to memorize and then recite to my husband at supper time. Ah. I sit down at the table and instead of saying, would you mind passing the butter, please, Victor? I say, um... Yap boomer in pluribus hunk, in hoc signo veni vidi Webster Stockdale horse, if extracurricular feet. <laughs> I'm surprised at this nonsense. Homer U. McDancy is a member of the Elijah All-Star Marching Team, too. 
I can't understand headquarters giving an honor like that to lame brain. There's plenty other lame brains on that marching team. Are there? Well, H.K. Fleaver. You're not even acquainted with H.K. Fleaver. No, I'm not. But he sent me a pair of men's easy slippers at Christmas time addressed to Charlie, Gus, Walter, and Margaret. What did he send you, Willie? A pipe without any stem on it addressed to Hazel, Eddie, Herman, and Fat. H.K. Fleaver for you. Name over some more lame brains on the all-star marching team. Everybody knows why why Flurch isn't bright. Really? Wears his shoes on the wrong feet. Does that conclude the list of lame brains? Are Robert and Robert Hink on your marching team? Yes. Well, if they're in their right minds, I'll send my undershirt to Detroit, Michigan, parcel post. Do Robert and Slobbert wind up your list of lame brains? Who else is in the outfit? O.X. Bellyman. Don't know anything about him. J.J.J.J. Stunboat. I don't know anything about him either. I, Edson Box, and Harry Fye. Uh-uh. Another nice rule for you to follow, Mom. Uh-uh. To be a tro- true and loyal wife of a sky brother in the sacred stars of the Milky Way, Madam will at all times be cheerful, truthful, and obedient. She will be on the alert to anticipate her husband's slightest wish. Trust me, Homer. <laughs> oh, sure. You going someplace? Like the surface home. I told him I might drop around for a game or two of indoor horseshoe before supper. Mm. What time we eat? Oh, I think my things will be ready by six. Okay. Better be back a little before then to be on the safe side, though. Okay. Mm. Movie show might be nice this evening. Yeah. What's on? Gloria Golden and four-fisted Frank Fuddleman. Name of the picture? Gazing into your eyes like this is heaven, minor league assistant umpire Drake. Supposed to be good. According to the paper. Well, we'll see what your father said. Huh? Here, take this letter and leaflet. Don't want them? No. Garbage bucket? Oh, garbage bucket. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. 